Bungie oh, will go hey, 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 what are you doing? Everybody. What are you doing? I'm taking back my own, my own chocolate. <laughs> Trevor. You've been Trevor. gone. You've been gone. Thank you so much for joining us for Finn's Fanfare Friday. Very excited to be with all of you on this Friday afternoon. Justin, what are we talking about today? What the? You just stole my intro <laughs> and now you're just going to toss to me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that what just happened here? That's the handoff right there. Well, we're live on the locker room app, as uh, as always. I'm here, Justin Hire here with Nick Bellotto and Trevor Hire. So I'm happy to be here uh, with you guys. Hope you are as well, despite the fact that Trevor just just stole the intro. Um, anyway, we're going to be talking stealing Dolphins something football. back. Is it really stealing it? Yes, it is. It is. Mm. You've, you've had 50% attendance in our past five or six shows. I have taken over the intro. Someone has now. to work here. Someone has to work, okay? Come on. <laughs> we got, we're talking Dolphins Jets preview. Uh, as the title states on the locker room schedule, we might talk about whether or not this might be Adam Gase's last game in a New York Jets cap. As he that would be so poetic, wouldn't it? It would be hysterical. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Nick and I brought this up briefly before the show started, but I, I wanted to save this specifically for the show. I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Gase went into GM's office, the owner's office, and was like, guys, please just give me one more. Please just give me one more. Let me try to beat the Dolphins. If I'm going to go out, at least let me go out after having beaten the Miami Dolphins as like a revenge game. You know, it, We know from Adam Gase's tenure that he likes, he likes to stick it to those who didn't give him an extra shot. We saw it with Denver, the onside kick up like three scores when he was the Dolphins head coach a couple years ago. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to pull off a similar type of upset, stick it to the team uh, with, with this week's game. Agreed. No, yeah, I agree. I just, I'm sorry. I, I, I always do this where I, I'm, I find myself listening and waiting for my chance to chime in, and then my phone locks, and then I have to go back uh, into it to unmute myself. So I apologize. 2020 problems. Um, yeah, listen, I, the question I think is do we think that the Jets are going to get themselves into a position where they're going to be able to have those kind of revenge moments, or Adam Case will have those revenge moments? And I don't, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. But with that being said, I, as I was talking to Justin before you hopped on here, Trev, I'm very nervous about this game um, because this is the type of game that the Dolphins over the past, I don't know, 10 years. Oh, they lose have, these games. Yes, they this do. is the game they lose. This is the game where they're like, okay, they're favored by, by 40 points and watch them lose by 36. So it's one of those, like, I am very... Except this time, if they lose and if they lose badly... It makes next week potentially quite interesting for Tua, right? The bye. Yes. The other week right. after. Well, after the, week, after the bye week, correct. If, if they does, lose this game, Tua starts. No question. No uh, question. I, I agree. I think it's, listen, if they could win this game and you might see Tua start. Uh, it's just because of that extra bye week, you don't know how it's going to go. But um, I think it's very unlikely uh, that he would. I, I just, you know, I go into this game very cautiously optimistic. The Dolphins put up a... A heck of a, a heck of a performance against the 49ers, a banged up 49ers uh, defense, and I, they should be able to duplicate that success against the Jets. I'm just, you know, I just, I can't, I'm not comfortable with it, Come right? On. I have because no, we haven't had, 
we Come haven't on. had that sustained level of success against anybody in about a decade. So it's hard for me to say, you know, I, listen, I'm, I'm picking the Dolphins. I think they're going to win big, but a little part of my soul is saying, be careful. Don't get too excited. Come on. I, there should be no trepidation here at all. It's Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco hasn't been good in forever. And Super Bowl winning Yes, and it's an 0-5 Jets team. And it's Adam Gase, whose offense has looked beyond putrid this entire season. And this is the game that no, scares me not. the most. It it's is. not. Th- this is one of the I worst I mean, you can't teams. tell me what scares me, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. You can't tell me what your soul is saying. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> your soul, this is, you're not, this is not allowed to scare you. This game, like, how? This team is so unbelievably bad. In I'm not every denying phase. that. I'm not denying that. I'm sorry. I thought you were going on. I'm not no, denying no, no, that. No. The Jets are terrible, but it's football. And football is random. And every once in a while, randomness catches up to the 0-5 team that gives them that one win. And it would just hurt me so much internally if that one win happens against us this week. I think and it's Adam hurting Gase Nick's can... soul that he wants to pick the Jets and just can't say it out loud. Oh, no, Trevor. You know me better than that. I'm not I'm not <laughs> a fool. But I am, I am a bit of a, you know, my soul is a little hesitant to be super excited about a big blowout. I just, those kind of situations always end up with me, you know, a little sadder on Sunday afternoons. I I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but maybe it will. I'm just saying I I wouldn't predict. No, no, no. I I, I said that wrong. I'm saying I'm not going to predict 100%. I'm not going to say it's certainly going to be a blowout is what I, what I meant to say and didn't say, but I, I do see the dolphins in this game having a phenomenal performance, both on offense and defense. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has another great game. I think the defense is going to pick Joe Flacco off several times. I think they're going to sack him five-plus times. I, I, I think this is going to be a – I think it's going to be a very strong performance for Miami. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. They're coming off such a huge high after that San Francisco game. And the, the Jets – I think the fact that they're starting Joe Flacco – against this secondary, which just showed that with all their pieces together can be very strong, especially against subpar quarterbacks. Their offensive line is absolute garbage. Mecky Becton, their only solid player on the offensive line, hasn't, and he's a rookie, hasn't practiced yet this week, pending their Friday injury report. And like I just they have no wide receivers. Chris Hogan just went on IR. Denzel Min still isn't playing. This team sucks everywhere. Everywhere. Yep. Yep, they do. They absolutely 100% do. And yet I still have that hesitation of getting overly excited for it. Trevor, do you have hesitation? No, they're going to win by two touchdowns. But Trevor, do you understand where I'm coming from? Like, yes, because they do disappoint us in games like this. I 100% agree. And until they until they change that, it's hard for me to – listen, I'm, like I said, I'm picking them. I, I agree. I think they're going to win by a lot of points. I think it's going to be a blowout. Like – 40 to 14 sounds just where it should be. But there's there's just that little like there's just always this one game in in everyone's season where they just do something like this. Like everyone's season who's having a poor year, they have one of these games against a team that's I wouldn't say they're hot, but they're they played well and out of nowhere they they put up a stinker. You know, it's just until the Dolphins can consistently not do that, I'm always going to have that slight hesitation in the back of my mind. Okay, I gotta, I gotta change my, gotta change my view here. Mecky Beckton's actually listed as doubtful, and Sam Darnold's listed as doubtful. That changes, changes everything. Right, right. I thought, I'm I thought Darnold was out. 
Oh, okay. Um, uh, no, I, I, apparently, so did I. I thought they had announced Jeff Lecter as the starter. Now, according to the Jets' website injury report, Mikey Becton, limited participant today, but with that shoulder injury listed as doubtful, Darnold listed as doubtful. I wonder if they'll do that hysterical thing that they did with him a couple weeks ago, Mikey Becton, where they they activate him on like an emergency basis, like in case the starter or the backup who then starts goes down and they have to throw Mickey Beckton in there. I, I don't know why a team ever does that to a player. I think it's, it, it's absolutely, I think it's really poor injury management. I don't know why you would do that to someone. And I just think it's kind of wrong. I've you've seen it a couple of times recently. The Cardinals did it last year with David Johnson, where he was active on injury on an emergency basis. The Bucks did it this year with Leonard Fournette, and the Jets have done it with Mickey Beckton. Why does a team ever do that? If your guy's hurt enough where he can't start, he shouldn't be active, right? Uh, I yes, I, I would say so. Yeah, honestly, my but this answer, is the Jets we're talking about. But this that, is, this that's is not be, surprising. That was going to be me my answer, one hundred percent. You know, the Jets <laughs> do dumb things, and this is just more evidence of a dumb thing. Yeah, very, very, very strange. Very strange. But it's not when you look at how incompetent the Jets are. It's actually par for the course. It's par for right, the course. It makes sense. Ah, ah, look at that. It's twins. <laughs> so if if Adam Gase does lose this game, I know we were joking about this in the beginning. Yes. If Adam Gase does yes. lose this game, is this the, the week he goes? Yes. Yes, yes. if he loses this game, no ma- I, I think no matter what the score is, if he loses this game, it's over. Yeah, it would make it three weeks in a row. You had Bill O'Brien right two weeks ago, Dan Quinn last week. And now Adam Gase this week. It would just make sense. It would be poetic. It would be perfect. Go out on the Dolphins' loss. It would just make too much sense. And yeah, then he'll I, get, like, I, the head coaching job of, like, the Chiefs or something crazy. It's ridiculous that he got another head coaching job. And knowing his track record of getting jobs after what was one sort of flash-in-the-pan season in Denver, he'll find his way to win. I mean, he won't. But he could find his way to another head coaching job, which is just ridiculous. Ridiculous. I think there will be such a stink on Adam Gase's name at this point that I don't think he can ever get another head coaching job. I think it's over for him as I, head coach I, in the NFL. I, I'm, with, uh, I'm with Justin on this one. I think I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job. He might get another offensive coordinator. I position, think he'll get an I don't job. Think... If we're being realistic, I agree with you. I think, it'll be an, I, I think he'll get another offensive coordinator job. That wouldn't surprise me. I don't even know if it'll be right off no. the bat. I think he might have to go down to quarterback coach. No, I don't mean, I don't mean right off of this. First. Firing. I mean, eventually, I think he'll work his way back up to OC. That's my thought. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the that's would be the 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 highest he's going to end up getting again because he has proven now twice that he just not only can he not build a team, he's really good at wrecking any team with any sort of foundation. So it's like hmm. you know what what uh, owner is going to look at Adam Gase and say, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's bring that guy in. He ruins. He's only he's only wrecked two franchises. Might as well wreck a third. Yeah, it's it's over for him as a as a head coach. I, I, um, yeah, it's, if they lose, regardless of how bad the loss is, it's over. Yeah. So I've spent I've spent 15 minutes trashing trashing the Jets. Most or at least I at least I have. I know, but it's their <laughs> fault. Um, <laughs> outside of trashing the Jets, what what are we looking on the Dolphins' end of things? What are we looking for in this game? So let's say the Dolphins do win by multiple scores. Who are we? Counting on as I want to see course. Fitzpatrick light it up again. Even though yeah, I want to see Tua come in, that's what I want to see this week. Agreed. I want to see and another I, I game that like last week. Uh, agreed. I, I think. I think yes. I think Justin, you said it perfectly. I think it's the ex- expectation that Fitzpatrick lights it up again. Yeah. He's playing. He's playing some of the best football of his career. 
which is hilarious considering he's, you know, closer to 40 than he is 30. Um, he's, he's on fire right now. The beard is incredible. It, the expectation is that he continues that success. And I think that's what I'm looking for. That's what I want to see is, and it's the same reason I have that fear, that, le- that slight little fear and hesitation in, in watching this game. I want to see that, su- that success sustained. I want to see that continue in, not just be a flash in the pan once week. The biggest thing I'm looking for is can the Dolphins duplicate that twice in a row? And they're given every opportunity to do so here with, with the Jets. Absolutely. Outside of Fitzpatrick, and, and to me when I'm looking through the Dolphins roster and, and who's progressed and, and who hasn't, I really want to see another step, a really another solid game from Preston Williams. Preston Williams came out last week and after a really rough first four weeks, showed out against the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, I'm expecting Devontae Parker to take on some targets and to put up numbers, but we're expecting that out of Parker now. He's, he is number one receiver at this point. Now, Preston Williams, I want to see if he can really be the number two. And for it to not just be a flash in the pan game against the 49ers, but for him to come out and put another consistently solid performance up against the secondary that he should be able to pick on, I would really like to see that out of Preston Williams. The Dolphins also balanced a little bit more last week what uh, their carries from Miles Gaskin and Matt Breida. Breida got nine carries last week. A lot of it was in uh, later in the game when they were running the ball quite a bit more. I'm expecting them, of course, to be doing that again this week. So to see some more balance there, give Breida those touches, because when he has the ball, he does good things, as I've said a couple weeks in a row, uh, so to give him more touches as well. But then again, so those, those are my two things on offense that I'm really looking for, Preston Williams and, uh, and Matt Breida, more involvement from both of them. You have to, you have to at some point, Justin, pick someone other than Matt Breida. Ah, I did, Preston Williams. No, no, you, no, that doesn't <laughs> count because you still talked about Matt Breida. All right, maybe, maybe. As but as I will it, say, it's the bye week thinking. next week. Next week, I will not talk about Matt Breida. I, I disagree. I, I'm going to say it right now. What day is it? It's the 16th, 449. Justin will talk about Matt Breida next week. Even 100%. on the bye week. Um, but I think, though, you are on to something, however. I think that this is the game where the running – this is the game where the running attack can really establish itself. Um, you know, it's kind of been – it's been good, not great. It's been good enough, not great. This entire season, I think this is the game where they can they can Miles Gaskins can uh, can really do a lot of damage to a Jets defense, which is uh, super bad um, and not in the Jonah Hill awesome kind of way. Um, this is this is a, a game that Miles really? Gaskin can really uh, you know really shine if he's if he's given the opportunity to do so. And this entire running game, so I, I do that's on offense outside of Fitzmagic continuing that. Uh, success and sustained success by this Dolphins team. Uh, the running game, this is a game the running game should play well. Trevor? Oh, yeah. I, I, you guys <laughs> took all of my picks. I, I was thinking Preston Williams is sort of my second, my second guy after Fitzmagic, just because, you know, with Devontae Parker sort of surging up the ranks and how sort of prolific we saw him at the end of the year and how we want to continue seeing him rise this year, I'd like to see if the Dolphins can establish that true number two guy in Preston Williams as we sort of get the stage set for Tua to come in. I think that will prove to be so, so important in his development along, you know, with um, Mike Gusecki, um and I'm forgetting who our other tight end is off the top of my head. Shaheen, Adam Shaheen. Yeah, because Durham Smythe is still out this week. Right, right that's what I was thinking of. Right, so between, between 
you know, those guys. I, I'd just like to see Preston Williams continuing, obviously, on the heels of last week. I think this week is going to be a step in that direction, given who we're facing and given what I'm expecting from Fitzpatrick um, this coming week. So I'm excited to see if that can continue to happen this week. Yeah, and on the if we're going to give the Jets any sort of semblance of, of, of credit here and talk about them at all in terms of whether or not this is a game that they could potentially compete in, for them to make this game competitive, they have to establish their own running game. Obviously, without Le'Veon Bell, that'll be even more difficult now. But Frank Gore is Frank Gore. He's ageless, and he somehow always produces three to five yards per carry, no matter where on the field he is and how many times he gets the ball. Uh, this year, it's been a lot more three-yard carries than anything else because that Jets offensive line is so bad. But Michael P. Ryan, uh, their other running back, ha- uh, was certainly solid in college and has shown a couple of flashes here and there, so they get him involved. The, the Dolphins now do not have Devon Godshaw on the defensive line. He's out with a biceps injury for uh, what seems to be, uh, sounds like it's going to be probably the rest of the year. So for the yeah. Jets to establish a solid running game, uh, they're going to need a um, you know, use both of those running backs and potentially use that as a way to maybe eat up some clock and keep this game a little closer. That's really the only way I see the Jets staying close in this game. I agree. If they because if they have to if they get behind quick and they have to rely on Flacco to to bring them back into it, I don't think they stand a chance. I think their running game has to has to give them a chance, a fighting shot. Otherwise, they're Flacco can't do it anymore. And listen, I'm actually in the camp that thinks that Flacco never could have done it, but he certainly can't right now. Um, and especially with the, with them having next to no weapons uh, as receivers, if they don't have a running game, there's no way that the Jets can do anything this week offensively. They'll be very offensive in their offense. <laughs> well, that was that, I think that, that might be a new low for you in terms of in terms of dad joke puns from from Nick Bellotto on the show. But thank you. I'm always striving for that. <laughs> It's like a game of limbo. How low can I go? Uh, what about on defense? Dolphins defense. What are we looking at for in terms of how they're going to take over this game? I already talked about how you know the secondary should certainly show up, but what are you guys looking for? Pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. I say that every week. That is my Matt Breida. And I think last week we finally saw it uh, a little bit better where they had those five sacks against Jimmy Garoppolo. I want to see that again this week. I want to see Andrew Van Ginkle specifically Van Ginkle, uh, continue what I thought was a great performance and build on a great performance that he had against the 49ers. I would like to continue to see that pass rush do quality things against a poor Jets offensive line and make Flacco's day even harder. I think you're only highlighting Von Ginkle because you like to say his name, Nick. I do. I do. Andrew <laughs> Van Ginkle. It just, but, it's such a like, – it's such a – intimidating and by intimidating obviously i mean not intimidating uh last name for a linebacker <laughs> to carry Watch on out for van ginkle guys patented phrase i completely agree with you i think this this defense can feast on flacco this week so i am i'm excited to see what the pass rush can do with just an anemic jets offensive line and i'm assuming to be an anemic passing attack so i think it's going to be interesting to watch that as well yeah, and Van Ginkle, by the way, as fun as his name is to say, he is seventh right now for PFF, for Football Focus. He is seventh out of 100 qualifying edge rushers by snap count in terms of production. And just, uh, you know, there are a lot of metrics they use to create their rankings. But whatever they are, he's seventh. He's in the same, um, same bracket right now 
as Miles Garrett and TJ Watt and passers like that. He's not, I'm not calling him that kind of defender, but pro football focus, though they may have their flaws, certainly has some merit, right? And he's seventh right now. So he's been a very productive guy. He has had limited snaps. So it'll be very interesting to see with a lot more snaps uh, as he should have going forward, especially with Shaq Lawson questionable for this game and potentially going to be limited. Can Van Gogh continue to produce uh, and keep putting pressure on the quarterback? It's not always all about the sack numbers, right? It's all about, you know, QB hits and, and pressure rate as well. Right. And he's been shining in that regard. Right. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's, I think the overall theme for this week for Miami on the offensive side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, on special teams is continued success. Build on what you did last week against a significantly inferior opponent in order to translate that into long-term success. That's what this team needs right now. They need to go into their, their new bye week um, with two big wins to continue that success moving forward. Yeah, momentum building here is key. You guys touched on this a, a, a bit before we got into more than a degree of this game. If Fitzpatrick does lead the Dolphins to a win, Going into the bye week, Nick, you, you said that there's maybe a small shot. Can you see a situation in which coming off a win, in which case it would be two wins in a row, two big wins, and then going into the bye week, that they play to uh, against the Rams? I mean, if if you ask me for what the percentages are, um, it's like a, a, a 1% chance if they, if they win big, because it's always that's that, that always needs to be in the back of Brian Flores' mind is when are we going to make that transition? Um, and I think it will always be, I think it will be, no matter what he says publicly, you know, he will always have to think about it. I don't think it's going to happen if they win big. I think if they lose, then it will happen. Um, but if they, if they win big and they, and they do what they need to do on Sunday and beat this team and Fitzpatrick is on fire the way he's on fire, I, I, there's no reason to move on from him. But there's always that chance. I'd say I'd say there's very, 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 very little likelihood that after a win, after two likely big wins and a bye week, that Fitzpatrick comes out. Um, especially because, specifically regarding Fitzpatrick, he is one of, if not the epicenter of this team's sort of heart right now. I mean, people love him, and it's also, as we've all talked about, he's sort of circling hole 18 in his career. And so I think that if there's sort of any shot of him staying in, along with the fact that maybe Tua just might not necessarily be quite ready, there's a little bit of trepidation in bringing him in. Um, I think Fitzpatrick stays in if there's a win of any kind this week. Yeah, it would be hard to pull Matt. Sorry, Nick. No, I was I was gonna I was gonna throw my own personal phrase in there with that. I completely agree. Right, because once you charging. pull him out, you you're not you're likely not thinking you're gonna put him back in. No, barring injury that's now. the hope. So that's a pretty, like, we don't talk about that piece of it a lot, but that's a pretty big move if you take him out. Because what it means is that not only is Tua taking them the rest of the way, but that might be Fitzpatrick's end, right? So it's like, certainly as a as a starting quarterback. So it's it's a big move for the franchise, for, for all parties involved, really, for the franchise, for Fitzpatrick and for Tua. And Sean, Sean's looking to come up and, and uh, throw his two cents into the, into the ring here. Sean, what are your thoughts on the situation? Yeah, no, I was going to say, hey, guys, thank you for letting me come on. I, I yeah, like, of course. 
pop in and, and just talk about different stuff. But um, my thought that I have is this, is that I kind of agree with the idea of the Dolphins giving basically red shirting to in this year. You want to see him play. And so I, I do think, it, it, you know, at some point he will. But the thing that Tua brings with him, I think that has to be monitored a little bit more. I just honestly think that he is someone who's going to, there's a stronger likelihood that he could maybe have a career kind of like Carson Wentz, where he flashes great potential, but there is that heightened injury risk. Maybe not all the time it knocks him out for a season, but where he could miss stretches of games. Maybe a bit like, you know, his impacted Mariota at times. I'm not comparing their skill sets, just that part of it. Um, and so with Fitzpatrick, if you go to Tua and then Fitzpatrick is done, you know, I think that Fitzpatrick still sticks around for a few years. He's proven capable enough. I mean, basically for the past seven years, even since his days in Tennessee, he's been a one-year stock guy. We'll go back up, have a great time, or have a few good few couple games. His true talent level will come out. He'll be benched. I think he sticks around, but I also think with the Dolphins, just point this out to y'all to see what y'all think. I think that they have to consider, at least for the first of his career, really continuing to invest in a reliable backup quarterback just in the case Tua were to, to get injured. I, I think that that's more important for the Dolphins with Tua than it may be like for the Chargers with Hugh, Herbert or the Bengals with Burrow. That's just my opinion. No, that's I'm, that's an excellent point the thought the thought of Tua ending up with a career like Mariota is terrifying I know you're not comparing their skill sets just the injury the injury risk and you make a good point in that it wasn't just the hip injury right Tua had the ankle injury and then a yeah. different ankle injury and you know hasn't necessarily always been a healthy guy throughout his college career really very much the opposite so that's certainly a, a great point backup quarterback will be a premium position for this team until Tua can prove he can stay consistently healthy yeah, and and then I also guess that it you know comes down to also investing in the offensive line, and you know I don't necessarily know if I was the biggest fan of of all the halls that um you know uh, or the hall of picks and players that Flores got, um but you know investing in the offensive line sees it, and then I'll just say this, and then I'll be done. Thanks y'all again for letting me talk. Um, my question becomes this about the Jets and Adam Gase. Y'all may have already discussed this, but what is the likelihood? Because Lawrence has this leverage. He still has eligibility. What is the likelihood that he could pull an Eli or an Elway? And if the Jets are the team that picks him, I know New York is great, but is there really a reality? Is there far-fetched to where Lawrence pulls that type of move where he doesn't really want to go to the, it seems like the cluster that's there at times. You could even see it working out in Jacksonville. I don't think Lawrence is that type of person. But that reality exists more this year than I think it usually does. Thanks for taking allowing for me to talk, guys. That's a really interesting point that I hadn't really considered about Trevor Lawrence. I, you know, Sean, I think you said what what my thoughts would be on that take is I, I don't think Lawrence is that kind of guy, um, and you know, I don't, I, I don't know. He just doesn't seem like the kind of guy to play that kind of game. Um, and I think especially if they fire. Adam Gase and they create a, a new uh, organizational structure um, within the, within the jets. I, I think that might be more appealing to, to Lawrence. Um, but listen, you're a hundred percent right. That potential absolutely exists. Um, and, you know, Trevor Lawrence can easily say, you know what? I don't, I don't want to play the jets. They haven't been good for a long time. Don't pick me. And if you pick me, trade me or I won't play. I'm going to go back to college or whatever, whatever uh, they need to do. 
I don't think it's a high likelihood, but yeah, it totally could happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Sean, thanks for, for jumping on. I, that's the key there is whether or not Gase is fired. If Gase is still there, maybe, especially given how much it seems players seem to hate playing for Adam Gase. But if Gase is gone, the team is really – it's really a different team at that point, right? Right, the, right. The, there's, you still might have a lot of the same players, but they're going to have a ton of cap space. They have some draft picks. They're going to have a high, the roster will look different too, right? So it's going to be a wildly different team. So if Gase is gone, which I think we all expect him to be at this point, I think any single person is slightly involved in the NFL community. You ask right now if you say, will Gase be the coach by week 17? I think every single person will tell you no. And with that in mind, I, at that point, I don't really see a reason why Lawrence would, would choose to stay the uh, other state in college or, or to, you know, declare that he won't play for the Jets. Um, and, uh, you know, on, on top of that, the fact that it is New York and it's that media market, I think will also certainly come into the, into the decision, uh, decision-making process there. To be the face of the New York Jets during their rebuild and potentially into their future is certainly appealing, I'm sure, to most uh, quarterbacks who, who have that business savvy. So uh, I'm, I'm imagining that whoever has that first pick will be able to take Trevor Lawrence no problem. Yeah, that's that's a, another consideration as well as the the Jets might not even have the first pick. You know, the way the Giants are playing. Well, I guess at the end of the day, if, if it's the Giants and the Jets, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to have to deal with the New York media market. It just is what it is. Um, but but I think I think Gase is the X factor in any decision that might happen regarding Lawrence, you know, deciding to stay in college for another year or just saying flat out, I'm not playing for the Jets. Uh, listen, I think Gase is going to be fired by the end of the year, if not this week. I think the chances of Gase making it and, and Gase saving his job are slimmer than Tua starting next week. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. But if Gase is still there, I, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm absolutely not playing for Adam Gase. But, you know, to each his own when it comes to the coaches. Trevor, any thoughts on on that particular point? I think, we, I think uh, you guys have covered it yeah. adequately. And excellently. And thank you, Sean, for coming up and talking. That was that was super interesting. Especially because I hadn't thought of that Trevor Lawrence point. We hadn't we've Me talked neither. about we've talked a little bit about next year, but we haven't talked about that specifically at all. So super appreciative that we got a new perspective on it. That was awesome. And that's that's what we love about this app. It's just super cool to have somebody come up and talk about something that we might not have even thought about. So that was really awesome. We appreciate That's not we're rolling past half an hour here, which has generally been the average length of our uh our Dolphins preview show. Is there anything else you want to throw into the ring uh, before we uh, start to close off? Two touchdown win. I'm anticipating at least two touchdowns. Oh, yes, of course. Score prediction. This week. Yeah, That's score cool. prediction. My score prediction is 40 to 14, and I, I feel pretty confident about that. Nick is so funny. Nick will go on for 10 minutes on a rant about how he's worried that this is the kind of game the Dolphins lose. And for 10 years, this is the kind of game that the Dolphins go into and they lose. And then he predicts 40 to 14. Nick, come on. <laughs> but but I, I say 40 to 14, and I'm, I'm going to say it again. There's that little tiny piece of my soul that's we know, like, your don't, soul is don't do to it. Us. We've heard a, I've heard a, more about your Listen, soul today than I ever had to hear about. It, you know what? It's a good soul, man. Don't don't just my soul. It's a beautiful soul. It, you, you and your here's beautiful what soul. Absolutely. Here's what I'll tell you, Trevor. Here's my promise I'll make to you. If the Dolphins do their job and win big, I will not let that little piece of my soul influence my 
conversation on locker room for the next time I play the Jets. I'm so happy to hear that. Fantastic. Jarvis, score prediction? Um, I'm just going to go nice and round, like 28 to 14. Nice and round. I think what happens in this game is the Dolphins get out ahead early, like say 17 to 0 or 17 to 3, um, or 21 to 3, whatever it is. They score another touchdown, and then the Jets find a way to scrounge. Like what the Dolphins usually do at the end of games, like getting points and sort of making a comeback when it's too late. I see that happening with the Jets, but still losing by about 14 points. I'm going to say the Dolphins top that 30 mark again. I'm going to say they hit 34, 34-20 is what I'm going to go with here. Um, you know, it's the, the reason I think the Jets might score a few points is because there's always that chance of that errant Ryan Fitzpatrick throw, Ryan Fitzpatrick interception, right, that maybe gives the Jets a short field or two. Uh, and then, just as Trevor said, I think there's always that potential for garbage time points when the Dolphins are playing off and sort of just letting the clock run out and the Jets get their short passes. So I'm going to say it's, like Trevor, a, uh, a pretty runaway game from the start. I'm going to go 34 to, uh, to 20. That'll give uh, Jason Sanders a chance to kick a couple another nice few goals. By the way, one of the most underrated players on Miami's roster right now, just for closing up here, I'll put that point out. At, Jason Sanders has looked phenomenal. Hasn't missed a kick, and I think was Abe's special teamer of the week. You stole my you stole my final point. I was going to make the oh, exact no, same point sorry. that he's that he's prob- outside of Fitzpatrick. He's the MVP of this team so far. Yeah, what was it like five field goals or something last week? Yeah, let's knock everybody knock on wood before anything crazy happens. Yeah, and he's hitting those he's hitting those long shots too. So that stops definitely. Saying, yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those things where the where on the announcers on the on the on the TV are always like. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick hasn't thrown an interception in 400 pass attempts, and then he throws four in one game. All right, it's like that curse. I will leave it. Here's the. I don't know if you could hear that, but that's the knock on wood there for for Jason. What kind of wood do you have in your house? Uh, No, there's 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 a. It's a wood table, but it has a glass on it. Not fooling anybody there. (laughs) Wait, no, it still sounds like that. I'm sorry. It just sounded like some kind of. (laughs) Bottle you were drinking. We can say that. that you're talking no, there's a glass on the table and it's moving. Oh, okay. All right. Well, with that, on that bombshell, as we say on, on top here, thank you very much to everyone for, uh, for listening on Locker Room. The show, as always, will be out uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and everywhere else podcasts are found uh, within, uh, within the coming day. So we'll see you back next week on Monday for our Week 6 Recap. And, of course, back next week on Thursday and Friday, looking forward to week seven, which will, of course, be the Dolphins by week. So with that in mind, I hope you guys, you gents, have a wonderful weekend and wish you a wonderful weekend to everyone uh, everyone listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. Same to you.